working with theirs. And the resistance doesn't just come from other people. It comes from your own mind, too. Both your conscious and subconscious thoughts can work against you to stop your dreams right in their tracks. It could be outright negative. That's impossible. Why even try? Or it could be subtler. Wouldn't it be a lot better to just sleep in instead of getting an early jump on things at the office? That game on your phone is so much more fun than working. You could overcome these distractions and objections, of course, as we discussed in the last chapter. But there sometimes comes a point on your journey when you sometimes lose track of where you are. You become so locked up in the daily humdrum that you've completely wandered off the path and into the middle of the fucking jungle and are now meandering around with no map, no water, and no clue. Are you going in the right direction? How long until you get there? How much more of this can you take? Maybe it's over here. No, wait, maybe it's this way. And when you inevitably stumble or encounter some sort of obstacle, you question the journey at all. Maybe it's even time to turn back. At this point, when you don't know whether you're up or down, how far you have to go or how far you've come, there's only one thing that can keep you going. That thing is relentlessness. The momentum to keep moving and moving and moving no matter what happens. It doesn't matter if we are feeling it. It doesn't matter if we are gripped by doubt and worry. Here's the deal. True relentlessness comes when the only thing you have left is relentlessness. When it seems all is lost and all hope and evidence for success have long since vanished, relentlessness is the fuel that drives you through. It's only true if you agree. The most successful among us got to where they are today because they transcended obstacles. But that's easier said than done. It's one thing to say, never give up. I fucking hate bumper sticker slogans. But quite another to actually put relentlessness into your life's most worthy causes. Listen, when it comes down to it, the world doesn't stop you from succeeding. You're not that big of a deal. The universe is conspiring neither for nor against you. And the only thing that stops you is when you buy into the notion that you are stopped. Then, my friend, you really are stopped. Until then, it's on like freaking Donkey Kong. It is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. That was said by Aristotle. Think about all of the things that have been accomplished in human history that were once considered impossible. If you told someone from the 1850s that you could fly from California to China in a hollow metal tube filled with hundreds of people, they'd have more than likely sent you to the local insane asylum for the rest of your days. But the Wright brothers didn't accept that flight was impossible. They simply didn't accept that thought, even though there was no historical evidence to prove that human flight was possible. Even though they had no physical proof and it had never been done before, they were determined to make it happen and they were relentless in its pursuit. Now compare that to your own problems 
if you're like most people, your goals probably aren't nearly as ambitious as inventing the first airplane. You probably just want to make more money, face your fears, find your soulmate, lose some weight, or strike a blow for a better life. Things that have been done millions of times before and will be done again and again in the future by people just as capable as you. These goals are possible. However, don't be fooled by the self-help bullshit that tells you you deserve it because you don't. No one does. That conversation will leave you waiting and wanting and eventually a complete victim to your own life. Sometimes you just have to grind it out, stake your claim and hustle for what you want. You will need to quite literally make it happen. So when someone looks at you and says, you'll never make a million dollars, or your brain is telling you it's impossible for you to lose 100 pounds, you have two choices. You can succumb to the notion that you don't know what you're doing, that you lack the resources, that you don't have what it takes, or that you or your life needs to be fixed before you can do those things, and then you can quit. Or you can disagree. You can absolutely refuse to accept it and reach for your greatness. You can say, no, you're wrong, and I'm going to prove it. The impossible only becomes possible in the moment you believe it is. The famous football coach Vince Lombardi said, we would accomplish more things if we did not think of them as impossible. Here's the crazy thing. You can never really prove what's possible or impossible. You could throw yourself at something a thousand times, failing miserably on every attempt, and yet succeed on attempt number 1001. The truth is, you can never really know. We never really have all the facts. As human beings, we still only understand a tiny fraction of our own minds, let alone the world or the oceans or space or technology. If someone tells you that they have all the answers, call them out on that bullshit. The truth is, they're winging it just like you, just like everyone else. Answers? Give me a freaking break. So if we can't even say for certain that it's impossible to put a man on Mars, how can any of us know what we're really capable of in the day-to-day -day living of our lives? They can't. The only question is whether you agree with what you can and cannot do. An opinion only becomes true when you accept it and stop acting on your potential. My own life is an example of what's possible when you live life beyond your own beliefs and the views of others. I was a pretty average high school student, but I've gone on to travel the world and coach thousands and thousands of people. I've guided doctors, lawyers, politicians, actors, celebrities, athletes, CEOs, hell, I've even coached Catholic priests in Ireland and Buddhist monks in Thailand. There's a wondrous, magical life out there waiting for you in the unknown. And while it's not all cherry pies and bubblegum, there is a reality that you can accomplish that's far beyond the one you're currently wasting away in. Blazing the Relentless Trail To see this idea of relentlessness in action, 
let's look at a major success story that you and I are likely to be familiar with. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold was born to relatively poor parents in a small town in Austria, just a couple of years after the end of World War II. Yet young Arnold dreamt of going to America and acting in movies. What do you think his parents thought of that dream? What do you think his fellow Austrian townsfolk told him about his ambitions or whispered behind his back? Remember, we're not talking about today, where we have television and internet and smartphones and anyone with a wireless connection can become a celebrity. Back then, most households didn't even have a TV. America was a nebulous, fantastical concept for Arnold and the people he grew up with, a place they had only seen in pictures or movies. So you can pretty much guarantee that everyone he knew thought there was no chance he'd ever realize his dream, and if he had accepted that at any point, their words would have come true. If he had agreed that he wouldn't become a world-famous bodybuilder, it would have been true. If he had agreed that he couldn't move to America, he wouldn't have. If he had accepted that he'd never make it into movies, or he'd never be a star actor, or he couldn't become governor, he would have quit. But he never agreed with what the world or other people told him about what was and wasn't possible. He was relentless. He spent hours in the gym every day pushing his body. He practiced his bodybuilding poses. He read books. He learned business. He auditioned for movie roles. Relentlessly. Giving up or changing plans simply wasn't an option. And if you look at his path, you can learn something valuable about relentlessness. Sometimes it's all you have. Before Arnold, no Austrian bodybuilder had ever gone on to become an A-list action star in the United States, let alone be elected governor of California. You can be sure he spent a good part of his life and career not really knowing where he was going. There aren't any road signs when you're trekking through uncharted territory. It's all discovery and exploration. You are blazing a trail, not following one. When you find yourself in that situation, all you can do is focus on and deal with what's directly in front of you. You just put one foot in front of the other, taking things on as they present themselves. Even Arnold, who had a big, grand vision, ultimately achieved it by taking one step at a time. He'd go to the gym and start working on his biceps. He'd focus on each movement, each rise and fall of the dumbbell, rep after rep after rep, feeling his muscles flex and tear and grow. Then when he was done with biceps, he'd move on to shoulders and then back and then glutes and then quads and then calves. As he worked each respective muscle group, he gave it his full attention and then it was on to the next one, moment by moment by moment. When he had worked each muscle, each body part to exhaustion, he went home. But there he was the next day, doing it all over again, relentlessly. 
Look more recently at people like Malala Yousafzai, who stands for the rights of women and children in Afghanistan, or Micah Phelps and his record-breaking athletic accomplishments, or Jessica Cox, born without arms and currently flying commercial airlines. Are you getting the picture here? The key to becoming relentless is to focus on the problem in front of you. Give it your full attention. Become someone who progresses even when all seems lost. The answer is always out there. All you need to do is find it. Then you can move forward to your next obstacle. And you give that obstacle your full attention until it's taken care of. And then there's the next, and the next, and the next. By doing this, you never have to wonder where you're going. You're not worried about how many miles you've left to walk. You've become someone who loves obstacles rather than avoids them because obstacles are your keys to success and growth. You simply take one step at a time. And if you come upon something that's blocking your path, you find a way to get over it or get around it. Then you keep walking. Relentlessness doesn't mean charging into the fray, head first, swinging and flailing your arms every which way. It's focused, determined action, again and again and again. You're not bashing your fist against a brick wall until it's bloody and bruised. You're using your hammer and chisel to slowly, methodically chip away, piece by piece, until eventually there's a hole. And then the hole gets bigger and bigger, and before you know it, you're like Alice, stepping through the looking glass into a whole new world. You are relentless. When you're not sure if you're following the right path, when you've been knocked down a few too many times, it's completely fine to get discouraged, hell, even defeated. What's not okay is to stop. Because you can always lean on relentlessness. When you have nothing else, you have relentlessness. Rather than worrying about whether you should keep going or turn back, press in relentlessly. Relentlessness has one direction, and that's forward. It only has one option, and that's to keep the momentum going. There's no giving up. There's no quitting. There's no changing of plans. Relentless is the bodybuilder who goes to the gym for hours every day. Relentless is a prospective entrepreneur who has been ridiculed or rejected for their completely original idea but keeps pitching it anyway. Relentless is the overweight mom who feels like she's never going to get there. Relentless is the newly minted college graduate at the bottom of the corporate ladder, barely making enough to pay her rent, and yet staying at the office later than anyone else just to learn as much as she can. Relentless is you. Anyone who's ever gone to the gym knows that the results aren't immediate. You don't spend 30 minutes on the treadmill and look like a new person. But that doesn't mean what you're doing isn't working. You're making progress with each exercise, each step, each movement, each action. You get a little better, a little closer. Until one day you look in the mirror and think, wow. It's the same thing with your business or your health or your career or your relationships. Even when you don't see anything happening, it is. 
even when you're not quite hitting the mark, you're making progress. Until one day you look at your bank balance or your new job or your children or your new house and think, wow, and that's why you have to keep going. Relentlessly. Because when you're trekking through the jungle, you don't know if you're three days from civilization or 30 minutes. All you can do is walk. The only way out is forward. Sit up, straighten your spine, and repeat after me. I am relentless. Chapter 8 I expect nothing and accept everything. Firstly, do not be deceived by the title of this chapter. There is something truly amazing for you to discover in the following pages. Imagine this. You've always dreamed of starting your own business, being your own boss, controlling your own schedule, and really building something you can be proud of, something you can point to as a major life accomplishment. Through a combination of hard work, determination, and solid planning, you've managed to organize your life in such a way that this dream of yours can now become a reality. You've already come up with a great business idea, hired a company to create a cool logo and branding, and now it's time to get to work. Here's where the fun begins. You'll need a store, of course, and that's the first task you tackle, spending the next week driving around town, scouting locations, and negotiating with real estate agents. It's not easy, but you finally find what you think is a pretty good location for a pretty good price. There was another place you really had your eye on, but you couldn't make it work within the budget. There are a few other things to get taken care of, like property insurance, a business license, and setting up your taxes. Even though you've yet to make a dollar, you've already had to hire an accountant to help you sort through those complicated business taxes. Oh well, on to your next project. Your store will need furniture and other necessary equipment, so you shop around to get a right on that. Another thing off the checklist. Obviously, you'll need someone to work there too. Time to hire some employees. Check. It's all going pretty well. Until, boom, that deal you had fought for and ground out to secure the unique product you were planning to sell fell through. And now you have to look for alternatives. Shit. Your heart sinks and breathing shallows as you frantically search out wholesalers, importers, manufacturers, anyone who can help and start asking for quotes. The only problem is the new prices you're being quoted are way beyond your pricing model. How can you make this thing work? You tirelessly continue searching but keep coming up zero after zero after zero. This is fast becoming a disaster. You've already invested massive amounts of time and resources into this and now you've hit a big fat roadblock. You're realizing now that you should have seen this coming. This is business. Stuff is bound to go wrong. The cascading stream of doubt and second-guessing washes through your brain with a heavy rinse cycle of reality. Damn it, this was going too smoothly. I just knew something like this would happen. This feeling builds and grows until it starts to pull you under. Setting up a business means risking everything you've ever worked for. Is it even worth it? 
you've got bills for the love of God. Now that you really think about it, you've spent more time working on this project than you did at your last job. A lot more. I mean, come on, it's been day and night with hardly a breath. You have less control of your time than you ever did before. Your every thought, second, and dollar has been geared towards this thing. Why did you ever think it was better to work for yourself? This isn't what you signed up for, is it? Maybe this whole thing was a mistake. You're starting to feel a little darker and more depressed while you start to confront the gut-churning possibility that you might lose all that investment and wind up having to crawl back to your old boss and ask if you can return to your old job. Whoa! Easy, tiger! Before we get ahead of ourselves, let's take a step back. Expecting the expected. What's really going on here? It's simple. You, like everyone else, are weighed down by expectation. I'm not talking about the usual kind of everyday expectations you're aware of. It's also not like we're literally saying to ourselves, I expect this, or I expected that, in a conscious way. It's something that's happening just below the surface, where you'll only see it if you take the time to look closely. No, I'm talking about the ugly, undermining, hidden and treacherous expectations that dwell in the wings and under the stage of your Broadway blockbuster. The kind of expectations you didn't even know you had until they came out of nowhere and blindsided you and sucked the air from your lungs. When you and I take on a life-changing project, we prepare for it from what we know. That includes items from our own experience, what we have read, heard, and imagined. We start to picture it in our minds. We research, we ask others for their opinions, and consume reams of information. We begin to assemble an idea of what this will look like and how we're going to get there. That image in our heads becomes the template from which we will work and plan. What we don't see is that we're also setting up a world of hidden expectations. The cracks and crevices hidden in the foundation of our best laid plans that can kill off a potential idea before it really gets going. In our business example, our budding entrepreneur didn't expect to lose his deal for product. And while losing that deal was bad enough, the interruption to his expectation was actually the biggest blow to his aspirations. How do you know if you have hidden expectations in your life? If you have places in your life where you experience disappointment, resentment, regret, suppression, anger, lethargy, essentially anywhere you are deflated or have some loss of your personal chutzpah or any other suppressive emotion, you have these expectations. Any place where you're just not yourself. If you look at these places long enough, you'll see the reality of that area of your life is in some way short of the scenario you had anticipated in your mind's eye. If you have upset in your marriage, you'll see a gap between your expectations of how it was supposed to be and how it in fact is. 
For others, it might be your finances, your weight loss, new job, etc. Your powerlessness is directly correlated to the gap between your hidden expectations and your reality. The greater the gap, the worse you'll actually feel. I read somewhere that the root cause of upset in marriage is unmet expectation. I think it goes out further, much further. I say the problem is expectation itself. I contend that the upsets strewn throughout your entire life are a product of thousands of unspoken or unrecognized expectations that cast a giant shadow across your life experience causing great stress when you're trying to make life fit with your expectations and great disappointment when life doesn't match up to them. Here's what else they do. They actually get in the way of our real lives, our real issues and items that require attention. They're like a mirage that diverts us from our genuine power and clouds our ability to take pronounced decisive action. In short, you end up working on your expectations and having life line up with them rather than taking the actions that would positively impact your situation. This sidetracking draws your power away from what's actually going to improve your life or accomplish your goal, down a pathway of no power, no results, and wasted time. Cutting out the middleman of expectation. Now that we have busted our problems with expectations wide open, you'll start to realize something. And that's that many of the difficulties and complications in your life are the direct result of expectations that you have or have had. We have been using an example of a business plan gone wrong, but in your own life, your failed relationships, dissatisfaction with work, and abandoned diets can be traced right back to expectation. How many times have you said to yourself, this isn't how I thought it would be? What about the last time you were angry with someone? Can you remember it? Take a moment to examine that situation and you'll soon realize that your anger was a product of expectations. The gap between how it is and how it should have been. You harbor an unspoken expectation that people in your life will be agreeable. You expect them to tell the truth and follow through on any agreements you have with them. Expect, expect, expect. And when they don't match those expectations, oh boy. That's all great and good, Mr. Scottish man, but how in the hell do I uncover my hidden expectations? Easy. Pick an area of your life in which things aren't going as well as you'd like them to. Maybe even somewhere in your life that sucks right now. Take a pen and a piece of paper and write out how that area was supposed to turn out. How had you planned it? How should have this gone? You might have to use your imagination and sense of wonder to get in touch with how the future looked from back there. Get in touch with the hope and positivity of that area and where it was supposed to head. Describe it in as much detail as you can possibly recall. Next, on a separate piece of paper, 
write down how this area actually looks. Again, make this an exhaustive description, not just it sucks. Get into detail about why it is the way it is and what you now have to deal with. How do you feel now that this part of your life did not meet your expectations? Now look at both pieces of paper side by side. Your pain, anguish, disappointment, or whatever your thing is, is greater in the areas where the gap is widest between what you expected and what you actually have. In there are your hidden expectations. Do the work here until you fully uncover the expectations you had inadvertently set yourself up for. Good. Now look again. In what way does how you feel about this make a difference to your reality? Does it make it any better? Does it solve your issue? Hell no. It makes no positive difference whatso-freaking-ever. It even makes it worse. Your problems don't derail you. Your hidden expectations do. The point here is that the expectation of how life should be doesn't do you any good. You're actually more winded by the whack your expectations took than the situation itself. And that's the deal with expectations. They blow things out of proportion and dilute your power to deal with issues effectively and powerfully. Listen, it's not like I'm saying something radically new here. The notion of letting go of expectations has been around for thousands of years, although in our culture, that of the West, it's a practice very few engage in. Here's the coaching. Cut it out. Let go of those expectations. Now. It's much more powerful to come to terms with life's unpredictability and to engage with your circumstances for what they actually are than get bogged down by your refusal to let go of unnecessary or unproductive expectations. The world revolves around change, birth and death, growth and destruction, rise and fall, summer and winter. It's never the same from one day to another, no matter how much it might seem that it is. Heraclitus said, No man ever steps in the same river twice. Our minds would love to predict and plan for everything that's going to happen, but it's simply not possible. And these expectations not only have a negative effect on our emotional state, they actually leave us less powerful than we really could be. It's so much more effective to simply take things as they present themselves, to live in the moment, like there's another moment you could live in, and solve issues and items as they arise than to constantly expect. It's not that I'm anti-planning, I most certainly am not, but the stone-cold attachment to the plan and all the expectation therein is a little like falling out of a rowboat and continuing to row even though you have no oars and no boat under you anymore. Your plan and image of how this should have gone is no longer relevant, but you still struggle to reconcile the space between your expectations and reality. Life can be like that at times. On some occasions, you have to realize that the game has changed, sometimes dramatically so, and you need to pivot. Deal with your reality. Wake up 
You're in the water. Stop waving your arms about and paddle to shore, damn it. Life is more of a dance than a march. Our mind has all kinds of automatic thought processes that we don't even know are going on. Expectations are just one of them, albeit an important one. Here's the harsh truth about how our brain works. We all like to believe in something called free will. It's one of those concepts that really speaks to who we are as human beings. I mean, let's be honest. If we don't have free will, what in the hell do we have? We value the notion that we freely choose what we do and when to do it. We want to feel that we control our own fate and shape our own destiny. But when our minds are ruled by these automatic thought processes, do we really have free will? Many would argue that we don't. Listen, here's how much free will you have. Stop doing all that shit you know you shouldn't be doing and start doing all the shit you know you should be doing. All of it. This free will stuff isn't so easy now, is it? No man is free who is not master of himself. That was said by Epictetus. Because as we have talked about throughout this book, even when you feel yourself making a conscious decision, there are a series of unconscious thought processes that are driving that choice. Things you don't even see or acknowledge. People are much more irrational and illogical than we realize. In many cases, our subconscious is the puppet master that truly pulls the strings. Fortunately, you can take back your freedom to choose. And that's by understanding how your mind works, seeing what it's doing as it does it, and being able to use that information to cognitively choose something else, to make conscious that which is currently unconscious. Expectations are just one of these things. When life is appropriate, I expect nothing and accept everything. This is your final personal assertion. Let me get clear about this one. This is not some meek, weak submission to life. No, this is the statement of a masterful celebrant of success. Someone who cannot be dominated by anyone or anything. When you expect nothing, you're living in the moment. You're not worrying about the future or rejecting the past. You're simply embracing your situation as it comes. When you accept everything, that doesn't mean you're okay with it or that you agree with it, but simply that you're owning it and in charge of it. Remember, you can always change something when you can take ownership and responsibility for it. Sometimes it's the single most effective way of resolving your stuff. Own it. Here's what Epictetus had to say. Don't seek to have events happen as you wish, but wish them to happen as they do happen, and all will be well with you. The next time you catch yourself getting brought down by your expectations, shift things in a different direction. Instead of getting your knickers in a twist about how things didn't turn out the way you wanted or expected them to, simply accept them for what they are. In that moment, you're now freed up to deal with them. This is appropriate. When you're having growing pains at your new job, 
take a step back and realize how appropriate that really is. Of course a new job is going to take some getting used to. Whether it's the tasks you're performing or the people you work with, it's therefore entirely appropriate to make a few mistakes or tread carefully as you try to get to know your new colleagues. The expectations dissolve right there, immediately. If your relationship is struggling, change your perspective and get the whole picture. What are your expectations? Many of us expect our partners to be a certain way consistently or to anticipate our needs and know exactly what we're feeling as if by magic. But your partner, like you, is an imperfect human with his or her own set of complicated emotions and thoughts. So it's appropriate that they may sometimes be distracted or get short with you after a bad day. We often expect other people to treat us exactly as we treat them. If we do them a favor, we expect to get the same favor back in return. It becomes an unspoken debt of sorts. When we give our partner a foot massage, we expect them to reciprocate, either directly or indirectly. Those expectations grow in both weight and complexity in an intimate or romantic relationship. You won't believe how much your interactions with other people will improve the moment you let go of expecting, the instant you learn to accept things as they happen. Again, this doesn't mean you need to put up with shitty or abusive relationships. But the only thing more unpredictable than one person is two unpredictable people. If you are in one of those kinds of relationships, it's time for you to invoke the boat analogy. Stop rowing. The game has changed. Shift your plan. Your partners, friends, and family members all have their own desires, perceptions, and feelings. While you're thinking one thing, they're more than likely thinking something completely different. That thing that's got you feeling pissed may not have even registered on their radar. They could be completely oblivious to what's going on with you. Instead of silently expecting something and feeling slighted when it doesn't happen, let go of that expectation. If there's something you want, how about asking for it with no expectation? And when you do something positive or generous, do it because you genuinely want to, rather than loading in the added weight of what you expect in return. That game of tit-for-tat only hurts you both in the long run. If it's something serious that consistently challenges the relationship, confront the other party about it. Don't expect them to realize how you feel or, by the same token, expect them to be able to change how you feel. They can't. Only you can do that. People are always going to lie, steal, cheat, and everything else one can imagine. It's just not connected to reality to live in the expectation that they somehow won't and then throw a hissy fit when they do it anyway. Remember, in those cases, you always end up worse off than they do. Much worse. You end up sticking yourself with resentment, regret, anger, or frustration. Remember, they're not doing that to you. You're doing that part to yourself. 
you really can accept things for what they are. It doesn't mean you condone them or that you won't decisively change them. This is about becoming masterful with your mind and your emotional state. It's about quieting the mind and allowing yourself to act with power in the situations of your life rather than succumbing to your internal and external upsets. Expecting nothing, accepting everything. None of this means you can't plan or that I'm telling you to walk through life aimlessly without direction or goals. But when you make a plan, what do you have to gain from being welded to the expectations inherent in it? Nothing. When you are free from its expectations, you are in a dance with life, where you can simply execute the plan and deal with what happens. If it succeeds, you can celebrate. If it fails, you can recalibrate. Don't expect victory or defeat. Plan for victory. Learn from defeat. The expectation of people loving you or respecting you is a pointless exercise too. Be free to love them the way they are and be loved the way that they love you. Free yourself from the burden and melodrama of expectation. Let the chips fall where they may. Love the life you have, not the one you expected to have. I expect nothing and accept everything. This simple personal assertion gets you out of your head and powerfully into your life, out of your thoughts and into your reality. Problems, barriers, disagreements and disappointments are all part of every human being's life. Your job is to not get caught up in that crap, to stay out of the swamp of mediocrity and drama, to reach for your greatest self, your greatest potential, and to challenge yourself to live that life every single day of it. Your life, your success, your happiness really are in your own hands. The power to change, the power to let go, be adventurous, and embrace your potential all lie within your reach. Remember, no one can save you. No one can shift you. All of that is your responsibility. And what better time to embrace that change than now? Chapter 9 Where Next? I've given you seven personal assertions. I am willing. I am wired to win. I got this. I embrace the uncertainty. I am not my thoughts. I am what I do. I am relentless. I expect nothing and accept everything. Each of them plays into a theme. You may not immediately see it, but it's there. If you want your life to be different, you have to make it happen. All of the thinking or meditating or planning or anti-anxiety medication in the world isn't going to improve your life if you're not willing to go out and take action and make changes. You can't sit around waiting for the right mood to strike or for life to play out the way you want it to. Nor can you rely on positive thinking alone to transform things for the better. You have to go out and do. One of the ironic things about developing our mind and our mindset is that it can actually keep us from acting on the things we really need to act on. You can become a personal development drone. 
You know tons of cool shit, but it's made little or no difference to the trajectory of your life. We think, as soon as I get rid of my worry or discomfort, I'll start dating again. Or, when I find the root of my procrastination, or when I find something to motivate me, I'll be completely unleashed and happy. The desire to work on our procrastination just leaves us stuck in a cycle of procrastination and not procrastination and keeps us even further from forwarding our actual lives. We're waiting on that moment or experience when everything in our mind is just perfect. Our thoughts are clear, our emotions are positive, and our anxiety or worry has completely disappeared. When we feel off, we put our lives off. That's right. You're waiting on a feeling. Life doesn't work like that. There is no perfect mood. And while you're waiting on it to improve and miraculously make your life better, eh, uh, guess what? Your life isn't getting any better. None of these assertions are going to make your life easy. Hell, for a while, they're more than likely to make your life harder. Nor is it enough to simply internalize them. You need to act on them. It's this simple. In order to improve your internal world, you have to start by taking action in the external world. Get out of your mind and get out into your life. You're going to die. The German philosopher Martin Heidegger said, If I take death into my life, acknowledge it, and face it squarely, I will free myself from the anxiety of death and the pettiness of life. And only then will I be free to become myself. One day, you're going to die. You're going to stop breathing, become still, and cease to exist. You will exit this physical plane. Whether it's tomorrow or 20 years from now, it's going to happen. We're all mortal. There's no escaping it. You might find discomfort in these words or resist the notion of your demise. But if it's the truth you're after, that's the one truth you just cannot argue with. You are going to die. Imagine that you're on your deathbed. You hear the beep, beep, beep of the monitor nearby. Your health is critical. You've only got a few hours to live. You can feel your heartbeat and energy slide. As you lie there, you start to look back on your life. You never made the change you wanted. You stayed stuck in that same job, that same relationship, that same overweight body until now, the day you die. You read the books, but you never applied them. You planned diets, but you never followed them. You told yourself what you were going to do, psyched yourself up a thousand times, but you never did it. You started dozens, if not hundreds, of life-changing escapades and then wilted. As you lie there in your hospital bed, loved ones cycling in and out over the course of the day, what do you feel? Regret? Remorse? Sorrow? What would you give if you could go back to this moment, the one in which you're reading this book? and do things differently, if only.
Damn it, wake up! The regret will course through your body, your mind, your heart. It'll be crushing, unbearable. You're not sure whether to fear death or to welcome it just so it can take you out of this misery. Here's the thing. Future you is not going to regret a lack of achievement or the absence of any one thing in your life. The only thing you will regret is not trying, not striving, not pushing through when the going got tough. Not all mountaineers make the summit. Sometimes they turn back, retool, keep coming at it. They're just never satisfied with standing at the bottom, hanging out with all the other non-climbers and explaining their lack of ascent. No, they packed up their tent and moved forward, and they will pass from this world knowing they gave every ounce of their effort, that they played full out. They loved the climb. You won't regret not making a million dollars. You'll regret never starting that business or quitting that lousy job. You won't regret not marrying a supermodel. You'll regret staying in that dead-end relationship when you knew you could do better. You won't regret not looking like a bodybuilder. You'll regret stopping at the drive-thru every night on your way home and living a lie. And this will happen to you. You will die. You will go through all of that on your own in the quiet solitude of your own dwindling consciousness. Unless you take the action that's needed to change to build the life you want, the life you can be proud of. Stop buying yourself off. We are constantly buying ourselves off. We have all kinds of things we tell ourselves about why we can't. I can't, I can't, I can't, but you can. These are all just excuses. You promise yourself all kinds of new actions. You put them off with a litany of reasons and end up with nothing more than a growing relationship to yourself as a bullshitter. You're way more likely to sell out on yourself than anyone else. The only difference between you and the person who's living the life you want is that they're doing it. They've built that life and they're living it. They're not smarter, more mindful, stronger, or any of that stuff. They don't have anything you don't. The only difference is that successful people don't wait. They're not waiting for the right moment. They don't wait for inspiration to strike or for some cosmic event to force them to action. They get up, and they do. And they try. And they fail even before they may feel ready. They're flying the airplane while they're building it. If it falls out of the sky, they'll piece it back together and try again. Your internal condition means nothing. It's just another excuse that you give yourself to stay out of the risky zones of life. The problem is, those risky zones are life. The rest is just existing. Stop blaming your past. For those of you who are blaming your past, thinking that holds you back, 
I invite you to think again. I invite you to confront the notion that what has been is greater than what can be. We all have pasts. Some of them are fucking horrific. So what? Before you jump furiously on the offended bus, why is it you show more passion for your past than you do for your future? You and I both know no one can free you but you. I'm not just another guy in the diner with an opinion. I've coached people with past that would make your toes curl. They have gone on to live free and happy lives, and you can too. People become trapped in their past, trapped in their childhood. It's one of the many reasons we tell ourselves that we can't. It's an easy way to relieve yourself of the responsibility you have for your current circumstances. But nothing can stop you from moving forward and being great if that's what you really want. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday, or five years ago, or when you were in second grade. Just like how we improve our internal by moving to the external, we can forget our past by creating a future, building something big, something bigger than anything you've done. When what's in front of you is so bright and so satisfying, you won't have time to look behind you. Your eyes and mind will be focused straight ahead. That will draw you out. A big enough, bright enough, sexy enough future. A future so soaked with potential and possibility, its weight will snap you free from that significant and laborious past. You may not like everything from your past, but it's helped shape who you are today, good and bad. That's right. There is plenty good about you. And that good is enough to get you what you want. That person is fully capable of living the life they want. Nothing will hold you back if you want it enough and act on it enough. Two Steps to Freedom If you're truly ready to change your life, to take hold of that freedom you've been missing, there are two things you need to do. One. Stop doing what you're currently doing. Simple, right? Look at the things that are sourcing your problems, the habits that have put you in the situation you're in. If you don't get anything done because you're glued to the couch, binge-watching Netflix for hours at a time, or have become a little too attracted to the delicacies of your local Dunkin' Donuts, stop doing it. No, seriously, stop. Now. Don't start listing all the reasons you can't. But the shows are so good and I'm so tired after work. Or I need the small pleasures to keep me going. If you can't even stop watching TV long enough to get your life together, you obviously don't want to change. That's basic shit. It's the bare minimum, to be honest. So what will it be? Netflix or a better paying career? Donuts or a body you can be proud of? Video games or a loving relationship? If eating out every day makes you feel like crap, why are you still doing it? And every time you think you can't stop, that's just another excuse. You can. You can and you will.
Stop buying yourself off. Stop letting your internal condition dominate the quality of your life. Take back the wheel. If you continue to be led by your emotions, you'll only be left with regret. You'll eventually live that vision, lying on your deathbed and thinking, what if? I'm not saying your emotions and feelings aren't important. I'm not asking you to turn into a robot. What I am saying is that you need to get those experiences much further down the ladder of importance and act on what is going to make the biggest difference to your life. One of the common excuses we feed ourselves is, I want to change my life, but... while watching hours of TV, eating junk food, reaming our way through Facebook, etc. Be straight with yourself. You don't want to change. If you did, you'd be doing it. Call yourself out on this shit. Take a long, hard look at your life. Be honest with yourself. Identify the behaviors that are holding you back. You need to use every waking hour of your life to further your cause. No excuses. You're not any different or any worse off than anyone else. You're not a fucking special case who needs different rules than everyone else. You need to make a choice right now. You're never going to change your life until you get rid of those things. No more excuses. Number two, start taking the actions to propel you forward. Again, pretty straightforward, right? Changing your life isn't just about not doing certain things. You've also got to put in the work and build the positive habits that will pull you in the right direction. If you want a new job, go out and apply for one. Get out there and network. Search the classifieds, talk to friends, ask for references. No, I mean really do them. Don't say you will and then don't. Don't hype yourself up, then push it off until tomorrow. You are what you do, not what you say you'll do. That's a quote by Carl Jung. Take stock of the things you want to achieve. What do you want to accomplish? What do you need to do to get there? Map out the next step. Hold yourself accountable moment by moment by moment to those steps. These two steps, stopping and starting, are naturally linked. Because psychologically, it's hard just to quit something cold turkey. Especially when it's an addictive habit that affects the very chemistry of our brains, like food or sex or drugs or video games. Stopping your bad habit doesn't help, unless you replace it with something else. Something that actually works in your favor and is an example of the new kind of life you really want to live. It's about systematically replacing the old with the new. Forging a new life for yourself, the kind of life you've always wanted. You have to clear out the bad to make room for the good. Otherwise, you're not going to have enough evidence for that new life. You're building a case for a new life, item by item. The process has to be thorough and decisive, or you'll always be held back and slowed down on your journey to change, carrying that dead weight. Quit the TV the sea of self-help books that you read and do nothing with, excessive eating, sofa camping and procrastination. Replace them with tango classes, book clubs, eating for fuel, 
bicycle riding and expressing yourself. Anything. Need support? Get yourself a coach, a good one, the best you can afford. If money's an issue, join my i365 program, a 12-month journey of personal expansion and power. It's on my website, and you can participate for less than the cost of a daily cup of coffee. Like I said, no excuses. Get out of your head. Napoleon Bonaparte said, Take time to deliberate. But when the time for action comes, stop thinking and go in. There is a time for thinking and developing your mind. But ultimately you've got to step up to the plate and put what you know into action. All of your assertions play into that. You are willing to take action and to embrace the uncertainty that comes along with it. I am relentless. Doesn't mean relentlessly thinking or watching TV. It means relentlessly doing, relentlessly taking action, pursuing your goals, acting and failing and ultimately succeeding. Nothing that I've shown you will make a single difference in your life unless you act on it. You have to make the difference. Make it happen. You have to claim your greatness. I'm not going to do it for you. Neither is your mother or your spouse or your neighbor. Confidence won't save you. The future is not suddenly going to improve. Your worry isn't going to suddenly disappear and your new qualifications aren't going to suddenly make you assertive or credible. Only you can take a stand for your potential. Don't just read this, think about it, and then go on about your life doing the same shit over and over. Apply it. I'll do it later. No, do it now. I'm not smart enough to do that. Cut it out. Stop honoring that shit and act. Don't let your mind control you any longer. Stop letting it hold you back with its excuses and distractions and worries. You are not your thoughts. You are your actions. You are what you do. And your actions are the only thing separating you from where you are and where you want to be. This isn't about seizing the day. This is about seizing the moment, the hour, the week, the month. This is about seizing your fucking life and staking a claim for yourself as though your life depended on it. Because the reality is, it does. This is Gary John Bishop. This production of Unfuck Yourself, Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Life, was directed by Katie Ostroka and recorded at Sunspot Productions in Orlando, Florida. Engineered by Gerardo Caligiori. Post-production by Common Mode. Paul Fowley, Technical Director. Executive Producer, Katie Ostroka. Text Copyright 2016 by Gary John Bishop. Production Copyright 2017 by HarperCollins Publishers. All rights reserved. Thank you for listening. Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program.